Next up is David Greenslade. David is very well known in the industry with his uh, education and training business strategy. He's moved into a new role as an executive director. I'd like to welcome you for coming along for the show. Great. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. Look, um, a lot of the RFAs are going to have to upskill and do more continuing education, but right. they seem really scared or, yep. or reticent to do it. Yep. Why do you think that is? Um, well, for many of them, it's, it's the age and stage in life. Uh, some of them haven't been back to school for literally 30-odd years, so they have a perception of school as being something that requires intensive memory uh, mm -hmm. and, and hard work, whereas education today is, is quite different. The experience they'll go through today through Strategi Institute or any of the other tertiary education mm. organisations is one of adult learning and education. And that is where you either, you've got a choice really, you can either do it online mm. where everything's electronic, you can do it uh, with, with a bit of uh, tactile paper which is called distance learning or you can do classroom mm. based. Uh, in today's uh, modern adult learning environment, it's not about memory retention, it's around where do I find the information and how do I practically demonstrate at, at level five, uh, sort of unit standard level, uh, that I can actually fulfill the role uh, mm. that is, is there. So it's, it's relatively easy. They, they just work through the, the, the manuals or they can do workplace assessment uh, and then all the assessments are, are open book. And, and do you think some of them are just going to say, no, we don't want to do this, and they'll bail? Yeah, there's going to be a, 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 um, an element of that. I'm hoping it's not going to be as big as what some of the um, uh, commentators are sort of making it out to be, because if education is the stumbling block, well, then that's the wrong reason to be bailing out of the industry. Mm -hmm. If you're going to bail, it's really because you haven't got enough motivation, really, to move forward in your more advanced mm -hmm. years, and you and you no longer have the passion, really, from that sort of perspective. Mm -hmm. But education is pretty straightforward. But as a caveat, and that is we should never stop educating. And level five is just the beginning of a lifetime of education that every financial advisor will have to undertake. But it's also changes too, because in the past a lot of the education they'd been delivered was very much product based, and mm. you're actually saying now that advice we have to get away from that product yep. based. Yep, very, very much so, because level five is all around demonstrating you've got the knowledge, competency and skill to be a financial advisor, mm. as opposed to necessarily being a product expert. Mm. So, so the product providers themselves will deliver the technical product training. The role of level five is to show can you and do you understand and can you deliver in a uh, in a good conduct type of way, uh, the six-step advice process, and ensure that there's good conduct outcomes for clients. But you're, you were saying to me earlier that you know advisors have to get away from selling product and providing advice. How do you describe that providing advice piece being for them? It's all well. It, it comes down to the scope of the engagement mm. with the client. They can they can have a very product-focused scope. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that, mm. provided the client clearly understands that um, they're, they're being given advice limited to a product. Or where, where the human-to-human -human, uh, engagement is best is covering more complex advice. Mm. And that's where we're doing more than just talking about a life insurance, a KiwiSaver, or general insurance. It's, it's talking about where do you want to go in your life? What is it that is meaningful to you? What does money and finances mm. mean? And how can we bring all this together to help you achieve your lifetime goals? But it's nearly the softer side of, oh, of, of the so. process, isn't it? And, and, and yeah. is that a 
that's a transition that advisors have to make? Absolutely. So moving to the softer side, so, so there's, there's two, two components to, to the regime. One is, is the technical hard side of understanding products. Mm. And then the soft side is how do we apply those products to each individual's uh, uh, goals and aspirations and desires and situations as they, they morph throughout their life. And so we have been traditionally well trained in the technical side of understanding and delivering and explaining uh, products. What we haven't done as an industry, both here in New Zealand and globally, is cover the softer side, which is what I'd, I'd call phenology, which mm. is the interaction of psychology and finance. And so it's behavioural finance, all of those sorts of things. So does it mean that the advisor of the future is going to be someone who's more like a counsellor and, and, and rather than a numbers, you know? A absolutely. Uh, Yep. We, we, we can't ignore the impact of technology on, on what it's going to do for the financial advisory industry. I'm a firm believer that, that technology is an enhancer and an enabler, but it won't take away the intrinsic importance of having a human-to-human -human relationship in the form of financial advice. So the, the, the computers and the technology can, can identify the right products using algorithms, select them, and work out the most cost-efficient one. What the computers can't do as effectively is, is interact with the clients around uh, what does this mean for me? And am I on track from this sort of perspective? And what happens when there is a hiccup in my life? Mm. Uh, and that's where the, the financial advisor, the human financial advisor, can never be surpassed. Mm. But coming back to this, the softer side of yeah. it, you know, where, you have, where you, you're getting away from presenting a plan and yep. numbers and, yep. and stuff like that, how do we train you know, these old-time advisors yeah. how to learn the softer skills? Many of these, these older advisors inherently have those skills. They probably just haven't articulated them as well as they have. Uh, they, they have learnt them through their own personal experience or through family members or friends. And, and here I'm talking about how to work with clients and individuals where there's a matrimonial separation, uh, there's, a, there's a death in the family, someone is, is severely uh, ill and things like that. You get an inheritance. All of these multitude of life events that occur, people actually have them. What we've got to be able to do is be able to articulate that in a meaningful way. We need to develop better listening skills, and that's listening skills around being super empathetic towards what are their really hidden um, underlying uh, issues and concerns that a client has, as opposed to listening skills that are going to result in us being able to uh, convince them that they need to buy product A, B or C. Mm. And, and, and the other thing we've been talking about before is, you know, in the past, mm. you know, advisors, it was just about compliance, tick box and do yeah. this. Compliance isn't enough now, is it? Correct. So, so compliance is a hygiene factor, effectively. Mm. It, it, it is today, and it's going to be definitely a hygiene factor of the future. What we're talking about now is, is good conduct. Before, we used to call it best practice, and that was where you went beyond the minimum that was required under legislation, regulation, and code. And whereas good conduct is all around ensuring that not only do we do the things right, but we actually get the right outcome for the client. It's all about putting clients uh, first. Mm. And, and when we're making business decisions, not only are we saying, is this good for the business commercially, but more importantly, uh, is this going to enhance my client's experience? Is my client going to be better off from this? So it's a client-centric approach through every single aspect of one's business. So it's, one of the things which I think is really interesting is, you know, we now talk about conduct, yeah. but, you know, 
defining and how does a regulator judge good mm. conduct is going to be a mm. big challenge. Do you have a view on how that might be done? Yeah, so, so good conduct is an evolving thing. Um, so it's not black and white. So the FMA uh, in 2017 put out a, uh, a document called FMA's uh, View of Good Conduct. Mm. Uh, what we've done within Strategy is we've taken that and we've, we've turned that into a whole matrix with a series of questions. So you go through each of the, the, the multi questions that FMA has under topics such as um, capability, communications, culture, uh, controls, and, and we help uh, clients or advisors tease out what does that mean for their business and mm. what tangible things can they put in place. But whatever we think good conduct is today, it is going to evolve because it evolves based on consumers' expectations, and they are always increasing. Yes, yeah. It's going to be a big learning experience, isn't Absolutely. it? And, and I guess some people are going to get caught up along the way, and, yep. and that's going to be one of the, the, the fascinating things yeah. to watch over time. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Look, thank you very much for your time, David. Pleasure. Great to see you in here, great. and look forward to seeing you again. Okay, thank you. Cheers. <laughs>